Welcome to episode 187 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we break down the SEC East in its entirety. Yep, that's it. Just the SEC East. You can find the show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. During the season, join us for the live recording of the show every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Find clips from the show on Twitter at SatDownSouth and at SatFBUncensored, at SaturdayDownSouth on Instagram and TikTok. And of course, you can find us on YouTube at Saturday Down South. And now, here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, Chris Marler. Chris, the time has come to give the people what they want. That's right. And that is all SEC, all episode. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I'm this fired is, up this is the final preview week. We yeah. have games next weekend. This yeah. Weekend, if people are listening on Monday. Well, it's game week. It's game week. Yeah. Also, you know what's cool, too? I saw this. Listen, if you're a football fan in general, like, they do a tremendous job with, with uh, what's it called? High school football now? So, yeah. like... This weekend's college football slate isn't great, but you get you get Notre Dame at Navy at 1.30, and then at 6.30, so like roughly you get like a two-hour window, go to some fucking dinner or something like that. You get um you get SEC SEC football with Hawaii and Vandy, which would be interesting to see Vandy and what they have there. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then there's there's high school football on all day. Like good, good games too. Yeah, I saw. I've been watching some high school football, uh, just local teams here. And um, God, man, there's a just a big gulf of difference between watching a high school game. Yeah, really tough to watch. I uh, yeah, I tried to. Well, so also real quick, right off the bat, I want to give a shout out to my former teammate Joey Sturdivant. Um, guy I played baseball with at Parkview was a great football player as well. Played so he was the only starter we had on the 2000. Three team that okay. didn't play college baseball because he was a four year starter at at SMU at safety. Um, but he is the head coach at Parkview now, and they got their first win this past weekend the Corky Kell Kickoff Classic against Kell. Um, awesome. And they, it was a big win. So congrats to JoJo. Um, hope everyone's doing well in Lilburn. And and there you go. Nice. Well, should we get into it? I'm so fucking pumped. We're gonna. I ruin think we should start today. I think we should start not local, not with the number one team in the country. No. I think we should start with the Tennessee Volunteers. I would love to, Tyler. 11 and 2 last year, 6 and 2 in conference, second in the East. They returned five starters on offense and seven on defense. Mm. Josh Heupel's third year at Tennessee. Where are we going? The, The win total. For Vegas Insider is currently nine, nine, nine and a half. Yeah. Woo. Think about that, Tyler. Think about think about this for a second. Let me let me just tell you this. You go over, Tennessee, by the way, the nine and a half is plus one forty six. So it's more right. likely they go nine wins than ten, but that is the line. Tennessee, they're they've had one good season. This is this is their record over since twenty eighteen. You ready for this? They they went eleven and two a year ago. The year before mm-hmm. they were seven and six. Twenty twenty they were three and seven. 
eight and five, five and seven. Yep. Just killing it. And now well, you're look, telling I mean, me that the, the Vegas line for their season is nine and a half, which means they can only lose two games to get that over. And 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 who do they have on the schedule every fucking year? Alabama and Georgia. I if you yeah. can see the grin on my face, it's because I know what's coming. <laughs> you know what's coming. Oh, I know and what's Tennessee coming. fans don't want to admit it, but unlike your wives, there's something else coming here in a second. Are you oh, excited? Boy. Oh, oh, boy. oh boy, I'm putting in a What is it in? All right, now I'm ready. Um With free ads. No free ads. We should get, do you want to start? Or do you want me to... Well, like, uh, okay, so let me look, some, let me look at the schedule here. here. We've got Virginia to open the season in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Seems like an easy dub. Come on, Tennessee. Yeah. Then you got Austin P. Then you go to Gainesville, where they are currently a seven and a half point favorite per Vegas insider. Love that. I got the Vols going 3-0 and to start. Yeah, I think it's UTSA fair. at home, following that, South Carolina... Texas A&M at Alabama, which is currently a nine and a half point spread at Kentucky, UConn at Missouri, Georgia, Vanderbilt to end the year. The Georgia game currently seven and a half point favorite. Ooh, I would hammer Georgia. Hammer Georgia, Georgia is seven and a half point favorite. You know that last year in the last six games, because Kirby's won six in a row against, against Tennessee. In the yeah. last six games, the game last year, which is a game that you could argue they dominated Tennessee more than any other they've played in the last six years, besides the 41 nothing beat down in 2017. That's the lowest margin of victory that Georgia's had over Tennessee, is 14. And right. let's keep in mind that it was a garbage-time touchdown, and Georgia took a foot off the gas in the second half. I, I'm just going to be very honest. I'm going to be very honest. There, there is going. I try to be as objective as possible, and I am being objective when I say this stuff. But there is you my prediction before you go in? Yeah, but I'm just telling you before you start. Hold on. Okay. 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 There's admittedly a tinge of of anger and bias, not biasness, but anger and and a little bit of resentment that's going to go into my pick. And I think it's kind of deserved for these Tennessee fans. I think they need to be held in check. Well, we it's probably t- been talked about ad nauseum on here, but I'm not a big Joe Milton fan. Um, you went ten and two in the regular season last year with a. Heisman basically front runner for most of the year um, and still lost two games. Uh, Joe Milton. I I get that, you know, he, he beat Clemson in the, in the orange bowl. I don't know that that necessarily means much to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I I think, I think much is made about Joe Milton's um, athleticism, his rocket arm, all that. I've never really seen it in game where he's been some amazing player. Um, now, granted, you hadn't seen him with Hinton Hooker either before he started at Tennessee. So, um, but if I'm playing the odds, you're in the same division as Georgia. Um, even though that's a home game, I think I'm going to chalk that one up as a loss there at the end of the season. I think it'll give it Carson Beck enough time to, you know, he's basically the, that's the almost the last game of the year. Um, at Florida, Vols haven't won two straight against Florida since 0304. So they won last year. On the road, that might be more hard than they thought. Uh, Texas A&M is going to be better this year. At Alabama is no joke. At Kentucky, we'll talk about Kentucky later in the program, but I think Kentucky's going to be pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going under here. Um, I don't like nine and a half. I think it opened in the earlier in the summer, something way more reasonable. 
um, like eight and a half or eight even, maybe I'd look at that. But but locking in 10 win teams with a QB that I'm not a big fan of, um, I just can't do it. So I'm going under. Can I play you a song, Tyler? Please. Okay. So, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice Sunday afternoon, right? It is. Um, here, I think, here's the theme song. What do you think the theme song was a year ago uh, for, for Tennessee football? Like, what, if you could sum it up in one phrase or one song, what would it be? Um, if, it's, if it was a song, maybe they were partying like it's 1999. Ooh. Not 98, though. Not 98, but they were still very good. You know, 99. I hear it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, I can attest to this. How many times have I thought I was back, Tyler? And proclaimed to everyone that I was back. The whole you're, you're back right now. So we I'm just... fucking back right now. That's not a joke. <laughs> I am fucking back right now in so many ways. I want to give you some numbers that I think that we are overlooking a whole bunch. And, and I know what Tennessee fans are going to say. History doesn't matter. Yes, it fucking does. Yes, it fucking does. And you know why it matters, Tyler? Because when you find yourself in a dogfight in the fourth quarter of a game, which you will find yourself in, the mindset is going to come in. I said it when Georgia played Bama in 2021. You got to put that team in a position they are unfamiliar with, but also all too familiar with at the same time. They hadn't trailed all year. You got to get behind them. And then you start having that, that those negative thoughts start creeping in your mind of, here we go again. It's the same shit all over again. Tennessee had a phenomenal year a year ago. And, it, and, and their fans, there's a lot of them that I'm happy for. And I'll just say that, okay? <laughs> but I said this on that video that went viral and seems to come up like once a week now on Twitter with Georgia fans. It wasn't long until we started hearing all this irrational shit. And fans are going to be fans, right? Like, no matter what. But we're 2019 LSU. Said it then. I'll say it again. No the fuck you aren't. No the fuck you weren't. Okay? Tennessee is back. The Vols are back. You lost a first-round offensive tackle at at left tackle. You lost two receivers to the NFL. You lost the best quarterback in program history. Now, the good news is, if we're talking about history, program history, the previous best uh, quarterback. Well, Peyton yeah, Manning? no, Hinton Hooker statistically is a better quarterback oh, than, than Peyton okay. Manning was. All right, well, that's fine. Okay, now previously, previously, um, previously on Lost, on I never watched that show. <laughs> um, so previously on, dang it, why did you fucking say that? <laughs> previously, the last time you lost your best quarterback in program history, you went and won a national championship. Nineteen ninety-eight is a hell of a yeah. year. You yeah, had Al Wilson on that defense. You had you had talent everywhere on offense. Yeah, Jamal Lewis, T. Martin. Price was so good. He was so good. Yeah. Um. You know, and and you had these incredible wins throughout the year. You you had a, a great win against uh, Syracuse to start the year. You had a, a you know playing with fire and 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 came out unscathed somehow against Arkansas at home. Just a phenomenal year. Great win against Florida that year. You know where that game was played? Because here's here's my thing, Tyler. When you look at this schedule, I don't know which three games you think are the toughest, but I will tell you historically the three games that are the biggest for these teams, Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. Yep. In that order. Not in that order, but probably in that order. Okay? 
Uh, yeah, I would say that's shifted a bit. I'd say Georgia is probably more important now, but yes, historically, sure. Florida, Absolutely. the Florida game, that Florida Tennessee game used to be huge. A war. It was the yeah. best. It was the first game they showed every single year on, on CBS. It was the, it was so good. It was the in the game in the, the division was decided then. It was decided that day, and it was the, yeah. the third week of September, right? Um, I, and I think you're right. I think you're right for a different reason than I think you even know why you're right, Tyler. Okay, it's shifted a little bit because. Tennessee fans, I've heard this all offseason. I heard it all last year. Now that they beat Georgia, I mean, now they beat Bama and beat Florida, huh, who fucking cares? Now, who's next? Georgia's mm. next. And we know, we know that, like, of course, that's the next domino that's going to fall, right? Because they've already gotten past the whole Bama and Florida thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they've, they've surpassed them as a program at this without point. Doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, like, and that's what happens when you beat both of those teams at home by a combined eight points. One of them by three and one of them by five. That's what happens when you get your first win against one of those teams in the last 15, 16 years, and your second against the other one in the last 18. Here's a fun fact for you. Do you know what Tennessee's record is in the last 18 years? Do you have any wins they have a piece against Bama and Florida in the last 18 years? Three, two a piece, four total. Isn't that great? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm sure you do. I do. Uh, so they, yeah. they have, they are. And since here's here's their their the numbers about Tennessee against against Florida. We'll start there. They're two and sixteen in their last eighteen games against them since 2005. They are uh, in since 2010. They're two and eleven. They won one game by ten, one by five. Their losses were by an average of 17.3 points per game. Um, and I'm going to circle back to the Florida one here in a minute. Let's look at Georgia. Since 2000, they're 6-17 and 17 against Georgia. Since 2010, here's that number again, 2-11 and 11 against the Dogs. One of those was a Hail Mary that they won <laughs> on the last play of the game. Two wins by 10 total points, 3-7. and seven. Their losses were by an average of 22.8 points per game. They've lost six in a row to Kirby by an average of 26 points. And they have scored over 20 points one time in their last six losses against Kirby. Okay. Now let's look at Alabama. Two and six. And that wasn't last year either. It was not last year with the greatest offense in the country and were held to 13 points. Two and 16 in their last 18 games since 2005 against Alabama. Okay. Uh, both those wins, you want to take a, you want to take a guess at how many points they were by total? Total? Yeah. Six, six points. You win. Oh, nice. Six points, two wins by six points in the last 18 years. Since 2007 against Nick Saban, they're one and 15 with the one win coming in the last play of the game by three total points. Bama has scored 40 or more in 10 of those 16 games. They've scored 45 or more in six of the last seven. Only two of those 15 losses were by single digits, and the 15 losses were by an average of 25.9 points per game. Now, why is that important, Tyler? Because all I've heard from Tennessee fans is they're going to beat Bama. They put up 51 against them last, or 52 against them last year. They stormed the field. They're obviously going to beat Florida because Florida's not any good. Right. All that's left on this domino to fall is, is Georgia. That's it. And they get Georgia at home, dude. They get Georgia at home. So, like, think about that. Like, imagine Kirby Smart having to go on the road where he's not been successful at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. Imagine Kirby Smart having to go on the road where he's, I don't know, 26-4 and four as a head coach. Pretty good numbers. Yeah. Anyway, and that's against the SEC. Anyway, 
here's the number that I keep coming back to. Tennessee has to go. They get they get Georgia at home in November. They get Bama on the road, and they get Florida on the road. And that's the that's the only three games that matter to me. And I think if you talk to a Tennessee fan, they're only worried about one and a half of those games. They're not worried about a really, really improved South Carolina, Texas A&M, Kentucky, or Mizzou team they have to play with two of those games coming on the road, one of them against a Kentucky team coming off a bye. They're definitely not concerned with an 11-win UTSA team that is sandwiched between your Florida and South Carolina matchup arguably your biggest division rival over the last 30 years, sandwiched in between your revenge game against South Carolina, who literally ran out of fucking fireworks in your stadium last year. But here's the number I will tell you right now, five minutes of ranting. Do you have any idea how many times, because we just assume Tennessee's going down to Knox, or going down to Gainesville and they're going to beat Florida. Do you have any idea how many times they have been able to do that in the last, I don't know, let's throw out a number here, 51 years. Mm. I know they've lost nine straight in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know well, the number just, that they've just, been able let's to. Let's keep zooming out, bro. Just zoom right. it out. In the last 51 years? I know. Two. Two is the answer. I'm, not, I'm good at this game. You are very good at this game. You know who's not good at this game? And that game, I mean, going down to Gainesville and winning a football game in the swamp? The University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They have two wins in the swamp since 1972. Two wins in 51 years, and you want to tell me that that is an automatic dub. Then you got to go to Tuscaloosa. You get A&M at home before you go to Tuscaloosa. You're at Kentucky the week after Tuscaloosa. Who is looking at the schedule and thinking that's 10 wins guaranteed with a revenge game against Alabama and a home game against the two-time defending national champs? Tennessee is way more likely to go 8-4 and four than they are to get to 10 wins. Way more likely. And I look at the schedule, and I think that they're going to be good. And I think that we, we look at Heupel's offense, and it's, it's so much fun to watch. And now you've got a guy that is fucking Araldus Chapman without the – why don't you do that? He's, <laughs> and I don't even know if Araldus Chapman is the, right, is the right person to go with. Why do you keep doing this? I was going to let you go on a rant and put the solo layout on the. We're going to have to clip this, idiot, so stop fucking with it. <laughs> so – you get Georgia. You know what I don't want to have happen is you have a great rant go viral, and then I'm just in the corner like, "What was that about? Can we talk about that for a second? Finish your point, and then we'll we'll talk about it when we talk about." I don't about think I'm ever going to get to it. That is the point. That is the whole point. <laughs> Tennessee, we just sit here and think that with a new quarterback with with only five returning starters on offense, like that they are going to just roll into this season. Kentucky's improved at quarterback and at OC. South Carolina is only going to improve again, and they beat the fucking shit out of you a year ago. Excuse my language. You get mm. A&M at home. You, get, you have Bama on the road. There's no – I would bet any amount of money that any of my exes have that Tennessee is under nine and a half wins. That, that is my lock of the fucking season. Okay. I don't know if it's my lock of the season because I think there is a variable in here where the, the Nico kid comes in and like lights it up. But um, yeah, I'm going under on that as well. Should we go to Georgia? Yeah. Does that seem like a logical transition to you? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Georgia coming off of a 15 and 0 season, uh, winning the national title for the second time in a row. 
Win total 11 and a half in Athens. Um, you do have to pay plus money because you're essentially saying they're going to go undefeated in the regular season. Um, where do you stand on this Georgia team? Uh, obviously, a lot has been said about the schedule, which for their talent level is mm-hmm. pretty easy, I'd say. Yeah. Um, let me let me ask you this because I don't think it makes sense to go through like game by game because it seems like right they're they probably will go undefeated. But which games do you stand out on the schedule to you outside of the Tennessee game? Because we know they're going on the road, and we just went on and said that that's probably not going to be as hard of a task as maybe it's being made out to be. But that probably yeah. is their toughest yeah. game of the year. What other game on the schedule are you looking at? Whether it's where it's placed. Or maybe just not enough people are talking about the team that they could trip up on the schedule. I think, okay, so the, I've got a couple. And I'm not saying I think that any of these happen, but I think I've got a couple. Auburn at Auburn. Yeah. Now. That was one I was looking at, too. I, I think that, like, because here's the thing. Hugh Freeze put up 45 points on Nick or on Kirby Smart the first time they played. 45-14, that 2016 game. I understand it was a long time ago, all that kind of stuff. Whatever. But we also saw what he did to Kirby Smart's defense when when he was at Alabama there's there's an argument to be made for that because and again Kirby Smart all four of his losses that are on the road that he's had as a head coach have come to SEC West teams and they've been by an average of three scores they're they're an average of 20 plus points per game all on the road against SEC West teams so that's one I would circle the other one is there's a four game stretch here with Florida, Mizzou, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. The first two, I think that, like, we saw what happened a year ago with Mizzou, and I understand it's on the road. Maybe they just it was a sleepy game, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, like, Mizzou's going to be improved. That defense was very good against, against Georgia a year ago. Lost by four points. There are Malachi Starks tackle away from losing that game, right? Mm-hmm. Um Missouri, and then you talk about Florida, where you, I don't know what Florida's record's going to be. Like, I, There's an argument to be made that Florida has thrown in the towel at this point by November with how bad things could go with that schedule and that team. But at the same time, if they are remotely in contention, I am not going to put past in a rivalry game for Florida. To, I mean, we've watched Florida throw the ball six times and beat the brakes off of a Georgia team and a Mike Bobo offense, by the way, mm-hmm. at the same time. Okay, um, But do you look at that Ole Miss and that Tennessee game? Ole Miss? Before Tennessee, because if you're barreling down towards something, and let's say that Tennessee fans are right, I'm way wrong, and everything goes their way, and they're undefeated, and you're just you're just like going towards a undefeated matchup in November for all the marbles in the SEC East and, and possibly the SEC. Lane Kiffin is the last person you want on your fucking prep game the week before and on that schedule before something like that. Lane Kiffin's arguably the last person you want to face. Like I, I will, I think this. I think that this is the first time Kirby Smart will have to go up against really, really like multiple really talented coordinators and play callers that he's had to in I I want to say regular season, like postseason aside, but in the regular season, maybe ever. Petrino, mm-hmm. like I won't even throw Tommy Reese in there, but Petrino, Lane Kiffin. Liam Owens, like, like they, they have, they've done, they've done pretty well for themselves. Like, I, I just, Heupel, I, Hugh Freeze, yeah, thank you. Um, Brent Key, Brent Key, 
Uh, I don't know if he coaches offense or defense, but you know that key boy he on. I would have to assume that defense. I it's such a like from a betting standpoint. I like here's the other part of it too is that eleven and a half is in the regular season. Georgia yeah. has won thirty. They've won twenty nine of the last thirty games in the last two seasons. Man, they've had one game. They've had one. They've had. I'm sorry. They've had three total games that were decided by single digits. Yeah, Clemson in 21. Kentucky game last year. I'm sorry, yeah, Missouri and Ohio State. Mm. Oh, yeah, the Ohio State, yeah. But the so regular season. From a SEC standpoint, the stretch of dominance, because Clemson and Ohio State aren't on that schedule in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, I'm going over here. I don't love it because I I do think when you, when you mix in new QB, new OC, which might be the biggest thing of all. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the jump from Munkin to Bobo is pretty big. Um, so I hate betting that they just will have no slip ups, but I just think they're so much more talented than everyone in the East. Yeah. I mean, we I, saw last year on the road against Missouri, like they were hand wringing. Obviously they could have lost that game, but I mean, mm-hmm. talent prevailed and you know, there's going to be a game on the schedule where it's closer than they think. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think the Auburn game at Auburn could be one of those games. Ole Miss, um, at Tennessee, but I mean, I just, if, if I'm going to go under on Tennessee, I feel like you almost have to go over on Georgia. If that's the bet you're bet, betting on that game. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Georgia over the 11 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's a good bet. I, I, if I was betting on it, I probably would um, just cause it makes the most sense. Um, yeah. But there's not, there's no room for error there. Right. No, and, and again, like I, I will say that, I could, I could, I could really. This is a team I, I could see either way, going either way in terms of like I, I don't see them being kept out of Atlanta, at all. Yeah. Um. But you have a new quarterback, and you have a new coordinator, and 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 Georgia fans can sit here and tell you till they're blue in the face, or red in the face, whatever the fuck you want, whatever color you want to go with Georgia fans, that like Bobo is going to be fine because he was on the like he's he's had this is the most talented roster he's had. And he was he was there on the staff last year with Munkin. He's not Todd Munkin. He hasn't had success in this league in over a decade. And there's a reason why he was let go at Auburn, why he didn't have success in South Carolina, and why the numbers are so drastically different at, at Colorado State. And I'll tell you the other thing, too. There's a reason why if you just reach back in your brain there, because I know you guys don't ever like to forget about things or let things go, if you just reach back there from 10 years ago, there's a reason why y'all wanted his ass out of Athens a lot. So I, I, I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's move to South Carolina. Shane Woo! Beamer's third year in Columbia. Uh, eight and five last year. They returned six starters on offense and four on defense. Uh, win total is six and a half. And the juice is to the under. Plus one forty four if you want to take over six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Beamer's doing a great job on the recruiting trail, um, and I'm really excited to see some of these kids they brought in, including that Nick Nick Harbor kid. Yeah, an absolute freak. Um, look at the schedule here at UNC. Well, UNC is a Charlotte game, so it'll probably be more South Carolina fans, honestly. Um, do I read that they are two and a half point dog in that game? I I tell you what, early. Early week one upset of the week. I don't even. I can't believe they're an underdog. That that's my favorite. 
Yeah, I would te- I would tease the fuck out of them and Florida State in Week One and just go about my business. I mean that 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 is like, yeah, yeah. I, I just UNC always seems to flop. Like what? any game where they can establish themselves as a real contender, right? So I, I agree mean, with you. And they also they're 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 two and seven in the last nine games against South Carolina. Right. So there you go. So at UNC to start the year, then Furman before they go on the road to Athens, Mississippi State at Tennessee, Florida at Missouri at A&M, mm-hmm. Jacksonville State, Vandy, Kentucky and Clemson as always to end the year. It's a tough schedule, man. When I mean, you get Georgia, Tennessee and A&M on the road and A&M's off a bye. Yeah. Dude, six also, and a half like forget, they have they have been owned by A&M. Yeah. A lot of good stuff out of camp about Spencer Rattler just taking that mm-hmm. next step, both on a maturity level and a talent level. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely interested to see how they involve the Nick Harbor kid. I guess he is he going to play wide receiver? I know he's like an absolute freak that plays pretty much any position. I mean, he's big um, too. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you don't have Marshawn Lloyd or Jaheim Bell anymore. Um, you lose quite a bit of production on offense. Jalen Brooks, Josh Van, Austin Stogner transferred back to Oklahoma. So this might be, even though it is Spencer Rattler and, you know, you got a returning QB with talent, this might be more of a reset year. You lose a lot, man, on, on offense and, and really defense as well. Um, so I don't know, man, I'm, I'm leaning under on South Carolina, but I hope I'm wrong. You know, it's fun to root for Beamer. Yeah. So I, um, also, I find it weird that they they have lost a lot of people in the transfer portal, even though like the culture seems to be good there. Yeah, but like think about the, like so the guys they lost. I don't. I'm not thrilled about the fact that like at running back, right? Like who do you lose? You, I, mean, I hate they lost Jaheim Bell because I think that kid was great. He was a lot of fun. I hate they lost Marshawn Lloyd going out to, South, to, to USC. USC is going to be a destination. Like oh yeah, just transfer like, portal. Yeah, like they'll be a destination more more in the portal than probably any other team and like because it's like you get to go live in in la yeah it's like them in miami yeah but like miami's not affordable right and not as cool either like 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 i would assume i don't know what these kids are doing but i just feel like miami's only cool if you're like really into ecstasy or coke i i just (laughs) i and and i'm assuming most of these players aren't um (laughs) steven garcia is gone so i mean like i don't you know that's a joke i don't know if he was ever into that that was clearly a joke um But no, I, so I hate that part. I love what they have at receiver, though. The thing that scares me about South Carolina um, is I hate the fact that, like, I want I, I have a hard time believing in Beamer because every single time I'm like, we're like, this is brought up. I'm like, I, I always assume they're going to lose Tennessee. They're going to lose to Clemson. They're, like, at some point, they're going to be brought back to life, back to reality, whatever. And they just don't. Mm-hmm. I, it is odd to me how much Kirby Smart hates him. Um, I mean, they have been just owned by Georgia. Everyone's been owned by Georgia, but like really that game is like, you look at some of the numbers they put up against them. Terrifying. Um, so I don't think you have a chance there. I I don't think you're closing the gap there at all. There's a lot of pivotal games this year that I think are interesting to see, like, like how they're going to, to play out. Like last year, like, look at some of these wins. You, you were an underdog. You won as an underdog outright four times. Three times against ranked opponents in those four games. Kentucky on the road, Clemson on the road, then Tennessee uh, and A&M. Now, 
Kentucky was bad. The A&M game was by six, and that was at home against an A&M team, for being honest, it wasn't very good. You had you had one game where you were you were like finally ranked and and things were going yeah. well against the, the Tennessee game and the, and the Clemson game. They, they they I'd say the Tennessee and the Clemson game they ended the season really well. They ended the season really well. There's no team yeah. that has more like uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. I keep all I can think of is pizzazz, and that's not the right word. That's a I wouldn't say that word anymore at, at all. At all. <laughs> yeah. Right at the time I met Jameis Winston at Houston's, and I was like, I was dropping off food, so I was like this. Yeah. And I, and I was just in this position the whole time. Like, just ch- I, chatting with him? No, I was like, hey, Jameis, uh, or something weird. And then the bartender behind the behind the bar, Kimmy, was like, that was so weird. You had so <laughs> much unnecessary pizzazz. I was like, okay, I know what we're trying to use. Anyway, um, they do have the best receiver. I think the, the probably the most underrated receiver in the SEC, if not the country, uh, with Juice Wells. Um, love Trey Knox. Been a huge fan of Trey Knox for him to kind of break out mm-hmm. now that he is there. But the thing that's scared about South Carolina is the same thing that always scares about South Carolina, and it's what we've seen them struggle with the most over the last few seasons is they turn the ball over more than any other team in the fucking conference, and they are so bad up front that Spencer Rattler is, like, not protected, and, and that's what causes a lot of mistakes. Like, I just – you really – really got to get to a point where you're able to like keep him clean in the pocket. And I don't know if they're, I love the fact they have a new OC. I think that's going to be only, only good things. And I know you said they lost a lot of production, but I feel like they also return a lot more potential yeah. production out of the, out of what they it's have. All about, uh, yeah. You, I mean, you got obviously Wells that was the leading receiver, but you know, I listed off the guys that left Jalen Brooks, Josh Van, Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner, you get down to, you know, one of the presumed starters, Xavier Leggett. Yeah. You know, he had 167 yards last year. There's some potential there, but, and then the Nick Harbor kid is full of potential. Yeah. You've got yeah. an inexperienced offensive line. Maybe that's not a bad thing because, like you said, the line hasn't been great. So after two right. disappointing years, maybe the less experienced unit has more talent. Maybe they take yeah. a step up, but. I'm not willing to bet on that, especially when you don't have as much talent as many of these teams that you got to go on the road and play. So I'm going to go under under here. That's a tough schedule. I'm going to go over. Um, okay. But I, I don't I don't really like it. But just, yeah. I'll say that. That's all I'll say. Moving on. Kentucky, uh, seven and six last year. A little bit of a surprise. I think people were, we weren't surprised because we've never mm-hmm. been, we were never fans of Levis. Um. But I, I think certainly most Kentucky fans were expecting a better year um, that, that they had. Six and a half is the win total. Um, so they're projected to be around, around, right around where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten returning starters on offense. Um, and I think that includes Devin Leary because he was a starter at NC State, who I think Devin Leary is a much better quarterback than Will Levis. Five returning starters on defense. Um, where are you standing here with Kentucky? Because I, I, like, I think I like the over here. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, and I, I think so. Here's the thing: you brought up Levis, which is true. We were never big fans of Levis. I was a very, very big curmudgeon about Chris Rodriguez and how much he fumbled and he fumbled. Like, here's the thing about Kentucky last year, and I, and I kept trying to say it, and people get mad, but like, you've said this before too. Fumbles are like unlucky, right? Yeah. 
He fumbled more than any player I've seen in recent memory in key situations and on the goal line. And Levis was kind of the same way. There were times Levis was awesome. Like, nobody's doubting the arm talent. He, he had some tremendous throws, but he did a lot of dumb shit that, like, you're like, what do you – I mean, you're putting your team in bad spots, and you would get – you. the Ole Miss game is a perfect example. The stat line looks okay. Two touchdowns, no picks. You have a chance to win that game late, late in the fourth quarter, and your offensive line is dog shit, which it was last year, and they can't protect him. And so he gets a strip sack, and the game's over. That's a, that's a time where, if you look at it, they were ranked seventh in the country. Um, now, I will say this: the schedule. If if there was a G instead of a K at the top of it, and they had also back-to-back natties, people would be just dogging them for the schedule because it's almost the exact same. Ball yeah. State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, at Vandy, Florida at home. You are guaranteed to be 4-0 going into that Florida game. You're most mm-hmm. likely 5-0 and going into your game at Georgia. Yep. That is yeah. – I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. Love – go ahead. But I've already said I, I love the Leary pickup for them. You yeah. add it to a, an experienced receiving core – you yes. know, your top three guys, Dane Key, Barry and Brown, Tavian Robinson, all pay, played over 400 snaps last year. Um, you get Ray Davis from Vanderbilt, who's a good back. I think that's a good really replacement good. for Chris Rodriguez. Dude, he's, I mean, he had over 1,000 yards last year. Um, so I like that pickup for them. Defense, and, and I'm going to trust Stoops on the defense, but, I mean, you, I really like uh, Deion Walker. I you know, love J.J. Weaver. Um, they've got some guys that can create pr- uh, pressure on on defense, and yeah. you're always going to have good DBs under Stoops. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust. You know, you got the JQ Hardaway kid transferring from Cincinnati. Um, you got a kid transferring from Ohio State. Um, plus, you add them to a really good linebacker core. I just I, I like the I like the schedule for them. I like Leary, and I think they're going to be a surprise team in the SEC East this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I have them picked second in these. Uh, I think they, if if I if you look up in December and they have ten wins, I wouldn't be completely shocked. And now it's weird to say that because they also have Alabama and Georgia on the schedule this year. But I think with a bowl game, especially, they have a chance to get there. Um, eight and four is probably about where I'm at with it. But I, I would take the over. I'm, I, I'd love the over here. What is it? Six and a half or five and a half? Yeah, six and a half. I I love the over here. I think that like. Again, in the month of September, you're two wins away from that, in my opinion. Because th- you get Florida at home, um, Missouri at home. You get a week off where you play Tennessee. Uh, you know, at Mississippi State, that's winnable. Yep. And then South Carolina, which who they've had a lot of success against over the last you know several years, for last year especially. Um, I like the over here. I think it's a great pick. Uh, Devin Leary, I've, I've, we've talked about him all offseason. I love him. I know you, you know his numbers by now from his freshman year with a 35-7 TD to INT ratio. About 64 and 16 um, as a career starter with 26 career starts under his belt. I mean, 60, 64 touchdowns. Um, sorry, 62 passing touchdowns and 26 starts. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And and I think with Cohen, we're going to get to see how much that offense can open up. You return four of the five on the offensive line. Like you said, 10 total like starters in the production. You, you mentioned the top three pass catchers. He actually returns his, his top five overall pass catchers, including Barry and uh, Brown. He's really, really, really good. Um, I, I love it, man. I, I, I have them over. I think they're going to be great. Yeah, that's a great point on Liam Cohen coming back, too. I know. Um, so it would be really good under them. Florida. Uh, 
Napier's second here year. I think it's an important one. Win total five and a half. They won six yeah. last year. Didn't make a bowl. Or no, they did, did make a bowl, but so, I mean, that bowl, 30 to three against Oregon State was a tough one. A um, lot, of, lot of talk about Graham Mertz, you know, officially named the starting QB. Uh, don't know how I feel about that. Now, here's the one thing I will say about Florida and, and what we don't know a ton about because they did lose some, some beef up front on the O-line. Yeah. They've got two really good backs. And if they can play, have some modicum of, of success on defense, um, you could make your offense run first, run heavy. You know, I love their backs. I mean, you got ETN, yeah. who I think is one of the better young backs in the country. And Montrell Johnson, the kid that transferred with um, Napier from Louisiana, had a really good year last year. Um one of the best one-two punches, not only in the SEC, but I think in the country. Um, you know, that Utah game obviously is a big one. There's a lot of questions yeah. around that game. Not only is Rising going to play, which I think a lot of people have said that he probably won't play. Right. But then, and it maybe hasn't, maybe it has been talked about and I've just missed it. But for all the talk last year about, and it played out that way, Utah coming down to the South, super humid, super hot. Are they going to be able to play a fourth, four-quarter game in an SEC environment? And they wore down that game. They should have won that game. They ended up losing it. Same thing going out there. It can Florida play a four quarter game in that uh, elevation. Um, I don't know if enough has been talked about that. Um, So that's obviously a key game on the schedule. If you're trying to go over the five and a half wins, McNeese, then you go Tennessee at home, Charlotte at Kentucky, Vandy at South Carolina, South Carolina coming off a bye in that game. Vandy revenge game, by the way. Yeah. By then Georgia, Arkansas, Arkansas coming oh off a bye at God. LSU at Missouri, that sandwich game before you go home to play Florida State. Um, realistically, how many guaranteed wins do you see? Guaranteed, guaranteed, no McNeese. question about it. Guaranteed wins you see on that schedule, McNeese, Charlotte, and that's it. Uh, that's it because they lost to Vandy last year, right. Now it's at even, home. even if you give them Vandy, Tyler. Yeah, that's three. I see three. Yeah. I just don't see how you get three <laughs> more wins out of at Utah, at Kentucky, at South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, at LSU, at Missouri, Florida State. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, that, that is a Missouri, Missouri has beat fresh. Florida the last two times at in Missouri. So Mizzou plays, they play them tough all the time, it seems like. They, they've beaten them, you said two of the last three times, right? They've actually beaten them three of the last four games um, or three of the last four seasons, right? Am I wrong here? No, I'm right. They've beaten them three of the last four four seasons. The one loss – oh, I'm dumb. I'm reading the wrong thing. Never mind. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I, – I, it's hard for me to go over here. Uh, now, yeah. the one thing I think Napier is going to have to make a bowl this year like if they don't make make a bowl again, it's like, geez, you know, like they made the bowl last year. Well, that's true, but I, no, you that, always do this. Yeah, well, I I forgot that they, you know, they were six and seven. The the seventh loss was in the bowl, thirty to three against Oregon State, where they kicked a field goal to avoid being shut out. With like, less which was just an embarrassing, ago. embarrassing move there. Um, it wasn't great. It would have been more embarrassing if they missed it, honestly. But um, that would have been pretty funny, though. You know, I do like that the 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 run game travels. So in those games against Kentucky and South Carolina, Missouri on the road, 
you know, maybe you can, maybe you can win some of those, but man, I just, I'm going under on Florida this year. I'm just not high on them. And I, I know a ton of people that are kind of coming around on Florida mm-hmm. and think maybe they've got a better chance of going over than, than not, but I'm going under five and a half. Let me just tell you some numbers. I remember in 2019 when I, I remember saying this, where Gus Malzahn hitched his wagon to Bo Nix. And I thought it was a smart move, not because of how good Bo Nix was or was going to be or whatever, but because it was buying himself another year. Gus Malzahn was not going to get fired with a first-year quarterback, especially a freshman at that position that was a five-star legacy, all that kind of stuff. I thought that was a smart move. Yeah. Okay. He didn't come out and say Bo Nix is Mike. Well, he did because he made the name of the starter. I'm so nervous for what Billy Napier has done because I think he deserves three years. And I, and let's not forget, let's take a, a trip back here down memory lane. When he got hired, he did the right thing and it really paved the way, in my opinion, for a lot of group of five coaches where I think we'll sit here in a couple of years, whether he's successful or not. And I don't know if he'll get credit for it, but when you really think about like, innovative moves from a coaching standpoint, Billy Napier did something we've never seen before, which is I have the opportunity to jump from G5 to P5. And instead of just being like, oh my gosh, what a great opportunity. Thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And just taking whatever. He was like, no, I'm not taking this job unless you give me the tools to succeed. And they have essentially done that. He's mm-hmm. also come at a time where Tennessee is really good. LSU got Brian Kelly. Georgia is the best team in the country and Mm -hmm. it's not that close. And then you, you still have to compete in the sec on top of all that. And then lo and behold, he walked into a situation where for the first time since the fucking Bush senior administration, they have to go, they're leaving the state in the first two weeks of the season. They haven't left the state. Mm. I think in, in against a non-con team in the first weeks of the season since 1991, when they went to Syracuse, Oh, and by the way, as my good my good buddy and co-host Tyler is reminding me, and I somehow forgot, you're also walking to a situation where Florida State is fucking back, and they are back, back. Yeah. Like, so it's and I see the devilish little grin you know, in the face. I feel bad <laughs> for Billy Napier because I like Billy Napier. I love his haircut, as you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he is in a situation where I don't know if he can win, and I think you have to give him a third third year. And it's and, and and I don't think he's even if you give Billy Napier a third year, I don't think unless the recruiting just falls off the fucking face of the earth, which it shouldn't at Florida. Like, I don't think he leaves the program any any worse or any close to being worse than Dan Mullen left it for him. So no, I think you have to give him yeah. no, I think you have to give him a third year. That I being agree. that being said, I don't see them beating Utah. I don't see them beating Tennessee, even though I told you what I told you earlier, I don't see them beating Kentucky. I see them beating Vandy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see them going on the road to beat South Carolina. And then you talk about the end of the year. Now, here's the thing. If they if they go in the first seven games, Tyler, you're not seeing it. I, I can't. I'm trying to so much. Like, okay, let me ask you a question real quick on Florida. If they go out, because because I don't think there's a team in the country that is going to be more victim of our preconceived confirmation bias at the start of the season and beginning, or sorry, preseason than Florida is. And here's why. If they beat Utah, 
knowing what we know it's rest on that schedule, if they beat Utah, does you and I'm asking you to be objective, which is hard yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. To no, but if they if they beat Utah, is there is anything change for you? Looking at no, the rest well, of the year, if Cam Rising plays and like Utah is playing a, a great game and Florida beats them, like but but that happened last year. That happened last year. Like uh, everyone thought Utah would go into the swamp and win, they didn't, or not maybe not everybody. I think we actually picked that Florida would win that game. Yeah, but I didn't. But but they looked a lot better than I think everyone was thinking for the first game of the Napier era, era and then it fell off a cliff. So especially if rising is not there and Utah's really not playing to their full um, roster. I, it's not really going to change my opinion on Florida. Now it just depends on how they look like if they just dominate Utah, which right. we don't ever see like Utah. We, when we've talked about Utah in our PAC 12 preview. I mean, they tough team, they don't lose at home. So maybe it will change a little bit, but still it's not going to change my opinion on Tennessee or Georgia or LSU or Florida state. Right. I think, you know, so it's just like at LSU. Maybe those, maybe those where they could get the win total over five and a half would be those at Kentucky, at South Carolina, Arkansas, at Missouri type games where maybe it would, much, it would change my opinion on those. But for now, I'm, I'm going under on the, on the Gators. Yeah, I'm definitely right. going under. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Here's, here's the last thing I want to say on this. Here's what concerns me the most about Billy, Billy Napier. I made the Gus Malzahn point. I made it because of this. He went out and said, this is my guy. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not wavering on that. Billy Napier, the one thing that, that I think will have screwed him more than anything, even more than wins and losses, is how fucking adamant he has been that Graham Mertz is his guy. I'm sure you've seen yeah. the, the, the graphic that has made its way around the internet on College Football Live this, this past week where Graham Mertz's numbers against AP-ranked opponents, I admittedly don't know how many games this is in or how many starts or whatever. But against AP-ranked opponents, Graham Mertz, total QBR, 38. Mm. Completion percentage, 54%. INT percentage, 5%. Pass touchdowns to interception ratio, 5 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That ranked last, not just in, in, in Power 5, that ranked last in all of FBS against ranked opponents for quarterbacks. That is tough mm. to do. And yeah. Billy Napier not only said, this is my guy, he said it early, and he also said he went out and went to the portal, and they scouted 24 different guys, and Graham Mertz is the one they wanted. Even if he's just saying that to put some confidence on his team and that kid, that may be what ends up being the fucking nail in the coffin for him. Yeah, you can try to build confidence in the team, but then the kid just go out there and play. Right. And if he's not good, then the team loses confidence. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's a risk. It's a risk. It's a risk. It, the Jaden Rashada thing fell through on him. I don't know if he would have been the starter this year, but I mean, um, yeah, it, it, we'll see what happens with Graham Mertz this year. All right, Missouri. Uh, by the way, congrats to Missouri for landing the number three overall player in the country in the 247 composite. Mm-hmm. Um, went up against some heavy hitters in Georgia, Miami, and others. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma to get this kid. Uh, I think it helps, and maybe you'll see this in other states that the day that he committed to Missouri, Missouri also passed a law that if you commit to an in-state school, you can make NIL money in high school. Oh, no, no, that's not true. They didn't, they didn't do that. No? No, because Eli Drinkwitz hates kids making money, I thought. Because I was told from so many people when he spoke out about it, he was only doing it because he didn't want to see any kids make any money. Is that not right? I don't think so, Chris. Wow. No. 
Weird. Think, uh, okay. Weird. Uh, six and seven last year. Um, mm-hmm. Their win total is six and a half this year. So expected to have about the same. Uh, Brady Cook at QB. Uh, so this is one of the guys we drink with. We talked about this is his fourth year here. Going to need to see some movement. Six and seven, six and seven, yeah. five and five, six and six. You know, I don't know what Missouri should expect as a program overall every year, but, um, you know, South Dakota, which is a, that's not South Dakota state. So, or North Dakota. State, I don't know. It's South Dakota. South Dakota is probably not good at football. Yes, it's uh, a win. <laughs> Middle Tennessee, Kansas state is a very tough game. That one uh, at home, but you know, they won the big 12 last year, Memphis. Yeah. Then you start the conference play at Vandy. LSU at Kentucky, South Carolina, bye before you go to Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, finish the season at Arkansas on a Friday. Um, you lost Dominic Lovett, which was a big loss on the receiver core. You, your, hope, your, your five-star guy, Luther Burden, steps up. You got Mookie Cooper coming back as well. Don't yeah, know that I love Brady Cook. Year, dude. Don't know that I love Brady Cook, but you did get Jake Garcia transferred in from Miami. He was a high-level recruit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he – I don't know what he's looked like in camp. I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, Theo Weiss transferred in from Oklahoma at the receiver spot. So I actually really like their receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you at on, um, on this Missouri team right now? The six and a half total. Man, I didn't realize because it because they've like flashed at times, mm-hmm. right? And I like they beat LSU. Remember that? Remember that time they beat LSU at home? Um, Barely, yes, but I do was, remember that. Okay, well they were defending national champs and they beat them. Um, they get him at home this year, and you know that they own them there. Um, they've owned Carolina, which is very, very surprising. Uh, I just Missouri always seems like that sneaky team in the SEC that's going to scare at least one of the, the title contenders. Right. They've beaten they've beaten Carolina four straight years. Wow. Yeah. Um, not a good stat if you're a Gamecock fan. No, not at all. Um, I so. I, I think you've made a good point about the whole thing with, like, he's got a – it's about time to make a move. I think you could make the argument that he's one of the very few guys that will be on the hot seat because he's in year four. There's also a time where they are putting in a tremendous amount of money into the program. But I also feel like, and I say this a lot, Mizzou fans, no matter what they do on Twitter, Mizzou fans are the most logical fans in the SEC. And just because, I mean, like they, they've done it in basketball. They've done it in like all these, you know, other, other parts of the programs uh, or the athletic department. I don't think like if, if, if drink goes seven and five, six and six, I don't think that he's necessarily out. He's recruited better than any other coach they've ever had there. Um, you know, like th- that's a huge get. And they're on, they're on the, they're making a case for like the, another five-star, I think is in the going to Georgia, but you know, another five-star as well um, at the receiver position. It's uh, a St. Louis, or I'm sorry, a Mizzou kid. Um, he, he's got he's to gotta start making it happen on the field, right? Like, yeah. he, the quarterback situation sucks. I still don't understand how Luther Bolden didn't get more touches last year. It makes no fucking sense to me. You have to feed him the ball. Mookie Cooper, hopefully he has a great year do, and it does what we thought he would do a year ago. Um, the defense was awesome. And here, here's where I, I do think Mizzou takes a step forward. The defense was was the most improved unit in the SEC by far a year ago. They were fucking dog water like two years ago, especially on the defensive line. 
Um, they were great up front last year. Really, really good. Top five in, in most most statistical categories in the SEC. Uh, they returned eight and a half, eight starters, nine starters, depending on how you look at it, um, on that side of the ball. I think that's going to be great. Yeah. So tell I, your top thirteen tacklers. You you do have right. to report a lot of production on the ends. Um, you lose Isaiah McGuire, who had seven and a half sacks. DJ Coleman, five and a half sacks. Martez Manuel, four sacks. Yeah. But you that's, know, Tyron their... Hopper. Go ahead. No, you, you returned Tyron Hopper at the at the linebacker position, 78 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss. Jalen Carley's uh, your number one tackler. I mean, your, your top four tacklers are back, 10 of the top 13, right. like I said. So I agree. The defense should be really good. And just the offense, Drink's a, an offensive guy. I just want to hear more about Drink yeah. on the field than I, am, than I do off the field. Because it feels like all I ever hear about from him is just off the field stuff. Star well, Wars, but all he said is good. Like, like yeah, he yeah, said, no, no, I'm, not, I'm bad. not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, yeah. like, let's make a name for ourselves on the field. That's fair. That's fair. I overreacted. I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I, Luther, Luther Burden, by the way, 45 catches for 375 yards. How the fuck do you get a five star receiver with an offensive coach and hold him to under eight and a half yards per catch? That is tough to do, drink. Tough to do. Last year. There's going to be some production there, I think. I, I agree. He had, I think, he I had, think uh, six and a half is a lot. Yeah. I don't like that they play Kansas State out of I conference. Know. At home, which is nice. It is. They, they um, play Memphis in St. Louis, which is it's just the crime bowl. I'm sorry, Missouri. I think I'm going to go under on this. Yeah. I feel bad about it. but. And then lastly, in the SEC East, no longer, um, you know, a one or a two, two and a half win total. They're up to three and a half this year. They were last year. Oh, that's right. And we took the over and we won that. We did. We, it was one of our first picks. You got a week zero game against Hawaii mm-hmm. at home. You're going to win that. Alabama A&M, you're going to win that. At Wake, Wake's replacing a lot. That could be a win this year. Um, I don't love it, but they lost by 20 last year at home. Yeah. Uh, at UNLV. Feel like you should win that game. So then, who's really, the coach UNLV now? Oh, isn't it somebody? Oh, it was wasn't it Trino? And then he left. No, like, I think it's I, it's Barry Odom. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Um, so essentially, you've got at Wake, Kentucky, Missouri, at Florida, Georgia, by at Ole Miss, Auburn, at South Carolina, another by because you mm-hmm. play the Week Zero game, and then at Tennessee. Yeah. Man, so you're gonna need to beat Wake Forest here, I think. Yeah, I that's the exact game <laughs> I circled, Tyler. Yeah. yeah, um, on the road, not like that's a scary environment at Wake Forest, but um, the visitors four and one straight up and five and oh against the spread since 2010. So, you like that if you're a Vandy yeah. fan? Um, to me, if we're just picking the game or just picking the win total. You got to win that Wake Forest game. Um, I'm going to go under here. Are three you? Wins. I think I'm going to go three wins for Vandy. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I don't know. They did beat Florida last year, you know. But I just. I, I look at home games that they could potentially win. Maybe that Missouri game. Maybe the Kentucky game. Yeah. They did beat Kentucky last year, didn't they? No. Yeah. Oh they shit! Did. They did. You're right. They got two conference wins. Yeah. Uh, 
They played Elon Musk in week two. Yeah. Okay, I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Yeah, what are you doing here? Three and a half. I, I was like all dead set on taking the over. Yeah. And then our good buddy, who I should we should have had on for this episode, and it's my fault. I, this guy is a must-follow on Twitter. Um, it's Vern Funquist. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so why can't I pull this up? Okay, there it is. Um, Clark Brooks, SEC StatCat, phenomenal, phenomenal follow. Like, one of my favorite moments from Media Days, he asked a question to Josh Heupel about, like, the variations on the routes his receivers run, how, like, like some percentage of them were between 8 and 12 yards and, and like, from their breaks or something. It was, like, I literally turned heavy. around when he asked, and I was like, this is awesome. And Heupel was like, well, thank you so much for your interest in our offense. And I was like, that's – he's, like, such a good dude, man. I, he's he's really a good follow. And I, I, I threw the question on social media earlier, and I said, what, like, like what questions do you have about the SEC East? And he was the first to respond. He said, why are most folks adamant that Bandy hits over their win total? I don't think that's a bad question. Maybe because just because they did last year and they're an yeah, SEC team. And then like, and they kind of like soared over it because they beat two SEC teams. I yeah. think the smart move is to take the under. But I will tell you this. Last year we said we were over we were over the three and a half and we were big fans of Clark Lee and all that kind of stuff. I, I like what Clark Lee's doing at Bandy. I hate the situation going on with their fucking uh, stadium. That's absurd. That is fucking absurd. Yeah. But I will also say, so I'm going to take the under. I wouldn't necessarily bet on it, but I would take the under. Vandy over 18 against Hawaii. Hammer it. Hammer it. Love week it. Week zero, fucking lock of the week. I know you're ready to go and you're done. But home. It's at home too. You know, you don't have to make that long trip trek out there to uh, Hawaii. So, yeah. um, all right. So oh, those are our picks. What's up? We have questions from the fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. What if the questions about Carson Beck's tiny face? That's from my good friend Lillian. Um, okay. Let's see here. What? Oh, here can you we go. Just, can, we, can we strive to keep Georgia QBs off Snapchat? Bro, that dude. Somebody said two questions. Who is the first SEC East team to make an official QB switch? And then two, did you fix your audio? Uh, okay, so it's not going to be Kentucky. It's not going to be South Carolina. It's not going to be Florida. My guess would be Tennessee. It's not going to be Florida. Who are they going to throw in there, dude? I mean, I looked at their their QB. They've got Jack Miller, who was who's the guy that played against Oregon State. He was terrible. Max Brown. Uh, who are yeah. these guys? Like Kitna, Max obviously. Brown, like, wasn't he a big recruit? I don't think so. I think you're thinking about another Max Brown that was USC. I am for sure. Um, yeah. I think it could be Tennessee or it could be Missouri with Jake Garcia. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think Missouri is the, the safest bet. I will tell you, Connor said this in his um his preview show or his preview, like top twenty-five hottest takes i don't even think it's that hot of a take he said that tennessee will start nico at least one game i think that's true i i think I, yeah. like just because the quarterback quarterback position has been a tough position joe milton has lost two starting jobs yeah i and nico is is crazy talented crazy talented okay let's do two more real quick here's a really good one and i hate to even ask you this because i know how much of a dickhead you are about this team um 
Somebody said, wow. I'll go to Florida. Does Vandy have a better QB receiver combo than Florida? So that was going to be one thing I did say about Florida. I look, I mean, Ricky Pearsall had a really good year last year. He's white. But according to Phil Steele, Marcus Burke and Caleb Douglas are their other starting receivers. I don't have Marcus Burke down for a stat last year. What is this? One start, six you, you can stop right there because their receiver is not better than than what Vandy has at all. And then you've Will got Shepard is better Caleb than your Douglas, on, on who had 10, 10 catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Ricky Pearsall was good. You know, 33 catches, 661 yards, five TDs. That's just an indictment, man, on Florida, really. Just the question even being asked, honestly. Who has better I know, receivers? I hate your smile for it. Vandy or Florida? The answer, is, the answer is Vandy, and it's not – I hate yeah, saying dude. this. Will Shepard? Will, Will Shepard is, is better than any receiver on Florida's roster right now. Right now. Yes. I agree. Um, okay. I don't know much about the true freshmen on, on their roster, but yeah. Um. Okay. Last question, and we'll get done here. Does Tennessee have a better chance of beating Georgia in Knoxville or Bama in Tuscaloosa? Well, the game is in – oh, in Knoxville. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I got a better chance of beating Georgia. Really? Home game, and they got – I mean, they got waxed last year by Georgia. Well, not waxed, but – they beat Bama's going to have revenge on the mind. It's at home. That's going to be a tough environment to win in. I don't like Joe Milton in that game. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. Um, I thought I was going to be the only one saying this. I know. I think they have a better chance of beating Georgia. Plus, it's at the end of the year. Maybe if you if you got to throw Nico in there, he'll have multiple games to get ready for that game. Plus, it's at home. Um, I think I like the chances better against Georgia. What about you? Let me just tell you something right now, Tyler. You can talk all the shit you want to me off the season. <laughs> I don't understand. It's our staple, and I don't like the way you fucking make faces every time I go into it. Okay, the fans love it. They do. And that's what matters to me. Um, no, I think I think Tennessee has a better chance of beating Georgia at home. They do going on the road and beating a coach that has kicked their ass for sixteen or fifteen to sixteen years. A much better chance of beating Kirby Smart at home. They have beating Nick Saban two years in a row. And we'll end the show on that. I agree with you. Um, okay, that's the show for today. We appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, um, if you would mind, uh, help us grow the show by going to Apple and Spotify, rating us five stars, leaving us a review. We, we did ones. get we we get some good ones this week. Um, we want to read some of these off, Chris. Do it. Let me get to that. You texted them to me, I think. Actually, yeah. So we got a bunch this week. Uh, I'll read a couple here. Uh, five stars from JD number zero six. Hilarious and insightful commentary. I've been listening to the show for several years now, and it's a great escape from the grind of life. Chris and Tyler provide refreshing and unique college football takes and also have great guests that always share good info. Definitely worth your time. K Maley 10 said thoughtful insight. Five stars. Chris and Tyler do a great job of giving us insight and opinions in a manner that is not only fun, but engaging. Two dudes doing what they love and the passion shows through weekly. Two dudes. And then finally, five stars and our Florida resident says amazing show. Hey guys, if you're looking for a good show with an honest breakdown of games and teams, this show is for you. 
They're great with the fans as well. This is easily my favorite show outside of Tyler being an FSU fan. The show is perfect. Just kidding, Tyler. Keep doing great things. Signed your Florida resident. So we appreciate those. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, do the same as those that they did and uh, go give us some reviews. Check out our YouTube. Go subscribe. Don't forget to check out the SDS podcast weekly with Connor O'Gara. Yeah. And we'll be back later this week with a breakdown of the SEC West. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.